Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We are ready to go, guys. Lots of stuff to cover this week. Obviously, we're going to be talking the Super Bowl between Tampa and Kansas City. What a beatdown that was. And some implications that are going to come from that game that I want Mike to kind of explore with us today. Obviously, we're also going to be talking the Derrick Rose trade by your Detroit Pistons. We're going to do a Pistons update, and we're also going to check in on Michigan. Michigan and Michigan State basketball as Michigan finally resumes their season. They play Wisconsin as of this recording. We don't know that. Michigan State uh, losing by a 30-burger to Iowa this weekend. So obviously we're going to talk about their tourney status and what the projections are there. And we're also going to be talking Elimination Chamber. Uh, which is going to be happening next weekend. I know we've been talking a lot of wrestling action the last couple weeks, but it's WrestleMania season. WWE tries to fit in as many shows as possible to kind of build anticipation, question mark, for the shows. I don't really know, but... Um, so we're going to be ending the show today on Elimination Chamber, but Mike, let's just talk about the hot topic. You know, we're kind of a little bit late to the game based off of when we do the show. Everybody's had their say over and over again on the Super Bowl, but, um, I, I mean, a tremendous performance by Tampa Bay, both on offense and defense, quite frankly. I mean, they played a pretty much perfect game. Uh, Brady with no interceptions, right? Three touchdowns. Gronk finally looking like Gronk for the first time all season. Antonio Brown making plays. Everybody that they brought in, even Leonard Fournette had a good game. Like yeah. every, All those pieces that they finally brought in, they're like, yes, it's finally worth having them. It's great on paper, but now it's great on the field. Um, you know, t- you know, uh, Tampa Bay's defense really smothered Mahomes the entire game. Really couldn't get going. They don't score a touchdown all game. Lots of issues. Just give me your overall reactions to this game. And, you know, what were you thinking during it? I'm sure you were th- loving it at some point. Yeah. Uh, well, I was loving it. I was. <laughs> I, I did love my long <clears throat> reenactment of the game two yeah. weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, if, I, if the game would have went down like you said it was, it would have been a highly yeah. more interesting. And listen, like, Tampa Bay was on score to get to that. 20, I know. Forty-five. <laughs> they were at thirty-one. I was like, just yeah. two more touchdowns, yeah. and you're at that forty-five. Right. But you know, Mahomes is like, ah, I'm, Mahomes is like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get to that forty-two yeah. anytime soon. Um, I'm and I also, <laughs> man, you know how much money I could have won if. I would have put money on Mahomes not scoring a touchdown. Oh, oh my, my gosh! God. I mean, what a bet, though, right? Like you're like he's never he's never lost by double digits. They've uh-huh. never lost games like like this is his worst loss, and it's it's like this one, and then there's not even a close second game. They've no. never had an issue like this before since no. he's been the starter. Yeah, I know. So um, I was I was in complete shock. I was very excited, and I also I made one error last week. I mm-hmm. said that Kyle was rooting for Kansas City. He actually was rooting for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He just wore Mahomes' jersey because he's like, I never wear this, so I'm just gonna wear it now. And then he took it off, ripped it up, and threw it out as <laughs> as the game was going on. I said, you know what? I'm a Tampa Bay guy right yeah. before the game started, so I, I'll give him props to that. Too. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, long story short, I think the game was. Um, not even entertaining. No, honestly. really like, wasn't. No, after the first the, quarter. Yeah, after the first quarter, yeah. I was like, "All right, so he's gonna run for his life every day. He's gonna go lat or uh, hor- lateral to the ground and try to make a side arm throw, bounce the ball off the guy's head like yeah. sixteen times, right. over and over and over again. No one could catch it. Looked like it nope. was like weird, and it was just a total beatdown. Mm-hmm. Good for Brady. Wins the seventh. Seventh championship. And That's insane. He's got more championships than every other franchise. franchise. Every other franchise. <laughs> I mean, he already did it. I know he didn't with because Pittsburgh has six. So it's like yeah. he's he's the like he's alone at the top of that. Yeah, for it's teams. Brady, and then it's like Patriots and Steelers. Yeah, like exactly. Right it's like yeah, it's like oh cool, yeah, great. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a, it was insane. a great all around performance. Great game plan, and Mahomes just can't kind of came out slow, way mm-hmm. too slow, mm-hmm. and that was the tail of the tape. 
it was not 45 42 no and, and you know there's a couple like subplots to this too right you know tampa definitely took advantage of the fact that they had to shuffle the offensive line kansas city did right they had a guard move to tackle they had their other right tackle who was still already filling in for mitchell schwartz mike remmers had to go to left tackle to fill in for uh for eric fisher and then they had another backup guard playing the starting guard spot so they were they were definitely hampered on the offensive line for sure yeah. um i think that was a big mistake too because they mentioned yeah. that and i went why didn't you just keep that right tackle at right tackle? Right. Like, make, make Rummers or whatever. Just leave him there yeah. and just have a backup tackle on the other spot. For sure. So you don't hinder, like, four spots. Yeah, now you you've completely like shuffled it rather than, okay, now you just put the one guy. Right, exactly. Like, I, just I having one yeah. substitution instead of having, like, four, four different substitutions. Right. I thought that was kind of a mistake, too. Yeah, it, you but. know, and you look at it, the, the key to Tampa's success was the fact that they didn't have to blitz. A, you know a ton they didn't bring more than four not that you know very often and they were able to get pressure right and we talked about that in our preview where it was you know you have to force Mahomes to be Superman and you have and you have to you know and, and you have to get pressure and they did it was the exact same game plan that they had for Green Bay it was like verbatim the exact same thing except for you know Tamp or uh Kansas City has more speed, right? Mm-hmm. But they did not allow the broken play to happen mm-hmm. in, in either one of those games. They kept Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. They weren't allowing him to improvise and do things and allow Devontae Adams to kind of all of a sudden break free upfield for a 60-yard game. Same thing with Tyreek Hill. They shut him down completely. I think this also showed, from a Kansas City perspective, a, a real missing um, second receiver. We talk a lot about McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins, and like on paper and like in Madden, they're awesome, right? They're fast, it's everything, it's great. But from a production standpoint, when Tyreek Hill's not running, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it's it's very hard. I didn't see much separation from these other two wide receivers. I'm taking Kelsey out of it for a second, but like, I, the next guy wasn't able to step up. It's like, okay, Tyree Hill's having a great game. That means Sammy Watkins is going to have a great game, and McCole Hartman's going to have a great game. We didn't see any of that from Kansas City's offense. Mm-hmm. And they uh, abandoned the run also. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was Pretty much immediately. Yeah. Because I was like, because after listening to it, like people always will go, yeah, they were just playing cover two, and to be cover two, you have to run. So yeah. they bring the safety down, and then that's when you go over the top on them. Right. But then they were like, yeah, we're just not going to run anymore. Right. And I thought you would see more design, like, McCole Harmon end arounds and stuff. Yeah. If you're going to try to run. I think run, they did like, that one time. In and the they game. did it once. Yep. And I was like, and it worked because they got like eight yards mm-hmm. on it or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just keep doing that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. motioning people around. Because they would just come out and four wide receiver and just go hike. And yeah. like no one moved, no exactly. one did anything. And I was like, you're just going to do a base offense mm-hmm. and try to just go vertical on them. It was right. like, it was just like watching the Seahawks play. It yeah. Was, it, it, no, it was, it, was. Yeah, it was weird, right? It was like, they, like they, I think they came in. Super confident, number one, which, you know, is always a bad thing. You can't do that in the Super Bowl, regardless of who you are. But, you know, the game plan was flawed to begin with. Like, Le'Veon Bell didn't see the field Mm -hmm. one snap that game, right? They weren't able to run the ball. They abandoned it very quickly. And, you know, it it was shocking to me that they did because in the first quarter, it was kind of an evenly matched game, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it was kind of back and forth, back and forth there. Um and, and the game was not out of reach by any stretch of the imagination. And so all of a sudden they just felt like this pressure that like, oh, we've got to put up 35 to beat Tampa. It's like, you didn't really need to put up 35 to beat Tampa. I mean, look, score-wise you did, but like, yeah. you, 
going into it, nobody thought you got to put up 50 in order to beat Tampa Bay. That was never the that was never the narrative. So it's interesting how they almost outcoached themselves a little bit yeah. here. And Todd Bowles just went, listen, this is what we're running, right? We're gonna play some man-to-man coverage, right? We're gonna allow you know our guys to kind of flow freely, and we're gonna send our DNs, and they're gonna eat. You know, JPP had a great day. Um, Shaq Barrett had a great day. Um, I think an unsung hero of that game is Sean Murphy Bunting. He had a couple great pass deflections. He was the guy basically shadowing Tyreek for a good chunk of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the other side, I mean, this is the best Brady's looked in the playoffs the entire time. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was kept clean, which is a testament to um, that offensive line as well. Leonard Fournette finally showed what he could be or what he used to be a couple years ago with Jacksonville. Um, just give me your thoughts on Tampa's offense and what they were able to do because they they I think they finally exposed a okay defense into being you're just okay and you're not as good as you know yeah I mean that and that's as the, that's the Brady effect is yeah. that's what Brady's gonna do is go right. oh you think you're a really good defense okay then let's see yeah. what happens when I get to mm-hmm. you and that's mm-hmm. the same thing Peyton Manning would do it's like all right you think you guys are really good but right. like you're not throwing anything yeah, I haven't yeah, seen yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been playing for 21 years guys come on now. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I thought they were just. I thought they moved the ball at will from yeah. like the second quarter on, and it was actually kind of shocking how at Effective. will they yeah. could just like go up well, and down. And it the was field. balanced too. I'm gonna give Byron Leftwich a lot of credit. Yeah. It was balanced. They were just like, all right, run, run, run. And Throw. I was like, I was like, why are they running so much? All of a sudden, it's like play actually pass for 20 yards. I go, I guess that's yeah, why. I'll like, shut I, up now. Yeah, right? yeah. And right. it was just like God. It was just so like meticulous down the field. Mm-hmm. And I think it was to Kansas City's credit where I think they were thought. All right, we're gonna come out and score twenty one like, right away. Right, so, like, exactly. It's it's right. not even gonna matter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were throwing the ball and going, "Oh, we can't move the ball." Right. And then Tampa was like, "Oh, they can't move the ball." Right. That means we can kind of calm down and right. like run our offense, run the offense. Right. Because I think Tampa early on was like the same thing where it's like we need to shoot the ball down the field. We gotta right. do this. And right. they had two straight three and outs. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City is like stalling out too. So then Tampa's mm-hmm. like, "Oh wait, if they're gonna stall out, right." Then we could just do whatever we right. want. Right now they're not they're not invincible. Yeah, and right. now we can actually like go down the field and score on them. Yeah. That was a problem with the first game mm-hmm. on the week twelve game was they came out and scored twenty four basically. Yeah, they're like the best points. first quarter you'll ever see. Basically, yeah, literally Tyreek Hill had like two hundred eleven yards and three touchdowns in that first quarter. Yeah, and it was just like, man, oh. if this <laughs> is gonna happen again, we got to shoot out quicker. But since it didn't happen, it was it was just insane. Yeah, like it was nothing I expected. No, and you know Brady historically right does not play well in the first quarter of Super Bowls. This is the first time he's ever scored a touchdown. You know he's been there ten times, and this is the first time he's ever scored a touchdown in the first quarter of the Super Bowl, which is kind of crazy when you think yeah. about it. But like at the same time, it's like who cares? Yeah. Um, but I think I think we were all kind of at the edge of our seats, waiting for the Kansas like Kansas City to burst through. Right, like I was waiting, like especially after halftime. I'm like, all right, here we go. Kansas City is going to get the ball at half. They're going to, and they started out. They started out quick, right? They had like a twenty-five yard play just right out the bat there at midfield, and then they stalled. But I was like, I was waiting for it to finally go. And there's the big play, and now this whole game is different. And it just never happened. And you know, like I said, credits Todd Bowles. This game is probably going to get him a head coaching job next off season, as long as Tampa doesn't completely fall apart mm-hmm. just by doing what they did here. Um, you know, longer. You know, let's. You know, from a legacy perspective, you know, because the 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 conversation at the time was if Mahomes beats Brady, Mahomes is probably the only guy now that has the op- that has the ability to and the team and the infrastructure at least in the short term to maybe rival Brady as far as number of championships and the, and the amount of success Brady has had. Now that Brady gets the win here, what is the effect here on Mahomes? Because 
this wasn't a this isn't just a loss. This is a bad loss. Mm-hmm. He didn't play well. I know people are like he had two of the greatest incompletions ever. That's awesome. But then they were really great throws, no doubt about it. But let's take those two plays out of it for a second. He didn't play well. And he did everything that he's do he does every time. He runs back 45 yards and hope to God that someone runs back and catches the ball. All those broken plays that make Kansas City so fun to watch didn't happen. So he did not look comfortable. He was banged up. They didn't he didn't look like himself that entire game is this the is this like the first like okay chink in the armor for you where you go all right this guy is he's basically just walked on water yeah. for two seasons and now is the time where it now it gets brought back down to earth a little bit <laughs> no well actually it got brought back down to earth for me last year in the super bowl because he didn't play well in the super bowl last year no, either he just had a really good fourth quarter yeah and the 49ers had an awful abysmal yeah kyle quarter. shanahan kyle shanahan himself yeah basically <laughs> And he kind of, like, <laughs> snuck back door, kind of, into yeah. that Super Bowl win. Damian Williams definitely should have been Super Bowl MVP, but we're not going to talk about yeah, 100%. it. Yeah, 100%. We said it last year when we watched it. We were like, this is not correct, but it's fine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's whatever. Um, but going into this year, and you have another really bad performance, I think yeah. legacy-wise, on one hand, it becomes... Tom Brady right now is going to become the, the Michael Jordan debate in, like, 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. where, like, you're going to have a guy... It might not be Mahomes. It'll probably right. be... That whoever it is. Whoever it is in five or ten years that gets drafted and you're like, oh, that could be the next right. guy or whatever. Or he falls in the draft to a good team and he's able to – he doesn't yeah. go to Jacksonville. Like, Trevor Lawrence is doomed. Yeah, he's probably going to be doomed. <laughs> Unless he can, like, pull it out yeah, like right. does exactly. for like three years or something. But um, there's going to be that kid who goes to, like, the Steelers or something. Right. And, good infrastructure. And, and, and good infrastructure. all of a sudden he's just awesome. Yeah, and he's going to win, like, a couple. And the argument's always going to be like, yo, did you see what Brady did, though? Yeah. Like, so Brady's going to be almost – impossibly to touch anymore mm-hmm. um now that he has even seven now he has even more than someone like jordan right. like he's just like on a whole nother level yeah, by he's robert Ory level right now <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> so i think for mahomes he needed this win to even try to catch him but now yeah. mahomes is probably gonna need eight yeah at since least. you lost head to head right like you people, need to beat him and then because his numbers are going to be better than brady's yes. just by the fact that the, the way the nfl is set up now like yeah. it's a passing league no one is no one is going to run for 4,000 yards anymore. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, Mahomes is going to be kind of like where LeBron is in the NBA yeah. debate, where it's right. going to be... He's going to really, have stats. He's going to have a yeah. lot of stats, and yeah. he's going to win probably four or five championships or something, yeah. but it's going to go, you don't have as many as he does. Yeah. And or, or even if he do, right, it's like, okay, but you have the loss. And you have like, the loss you, Or you have a bad loss, I should say, right? Like in the yeah. LeBron debate, right, it's okay. The Dallas thing is always going to hang over, yeah. whether he wants whether it's fair or not. But it's like he doesn't and, – and Brady's got the other way, right? Like Brady's got some bad losses too, like the New York one for the undefeated season. But then he's also got the Atlanta game. Yeah. And now he's got this one at the age that he's at. We've never seen this. He's the greatest team sports athlete ever. Mm-hmm. And then that's the reality of it, right? Like you're not touching – what he's able to do. Like, people go, well, Bill Russell won 12 championships in 13. I go, yeah, but they were playing 12 teams. Like, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Like, you've never seen the amount of success that one man has had for this long in a game that is so predicated upon being not only just the top of your position, but having a having a rest of, bringing the team up around you mm-hmm. to get to your level. We've, ne- we've never seen it before. Yes. So, um, so to Mahomes' point, yeah. um, it's going to be a Herculean task yes. if he ever wants to pass. And I think there are going to be some people that you know, he can win 14 championships. Yeah, it's like, but you didn't beat Brady. Like, but you yeah. didn't beat Brady, so it, it is what it Do is. Do you think the age part of it has a little... We talked about this two weeks ago, right? We're like, okay, if Brady lost, okay, he's 43, he gets this team you know, that's a 500 football team, and now they're going to the Super Bowl. It's like, okay, what is the impact there? Now that they've won, does this hurt Mahomes more that Brady 
Brady, not only did Brady beat him at 43, but Brady beat him and played well. Now, Brady didn't play great. If you could throw the MVP, you give it to the defense or Todd Bowles, if we're going to be honest with it, right? But he also threw for three touchdowns. He was incredibly efficient, good completion percentage, and he didn't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. So he did everything he was required to do to win that football game. Does this hurt Mahomes more the fact that Brady did play as well as he did and the fact that, by the way, he was um, in a Super Bowl when he was like seven? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think it, I don't think age, to me, impacts. Yeah. I think there's like a little curve in like you can play a little bad mm-hmm. and go, oh, he's 43, so you can right. have like an off season. Right. But I think when you get to this level, it's like, okay, you made it to the Super Bowl. So you're expected so now. You're you got to perform. Yeah, you got to yeah. perform. Like yeah. you could be 67, and if you're if you're good enough to get your team to a Super Bowl, then yeah. I expect you to perform at right. at that age. So right. And I always look at this Tampa team as if you didn't have James Winston throwing 30 interceptions last year, right. are they really seven and nine? Right. Like right. I would, like everyone always is well, like. Well, let's talk about that, right? Because you know, my buddy Eric actually brought this up to me, right? He was like, you know, he's like. Brady's getting a lot of credit right now for taking a team that's pretty stacked. I go, yes, 100%, yes. right? Like, this team is very good, especially offensively. But let's also put in a little bit, the the there is a Brady effect. It's the, it's the intangible of it, right? It's the fact that you have a guy, and we've both played team sports, and everyone who's listened probably has as well, where it's like, you go into it, you just need something as a player. Whether you're 5 or whether you're 35, you need something as a player to make you feel like you have an opportunity and a chance to win. Even though it's insurmountable odds, you're like, okay, if we do this, we're going to win. Or we have this guy, we have our best player, we can win this game. That's what Brady does. Brady brings a level of like, no, I don't care about Pro Bowls, All Pros. I get that crap out of here. Like, I'm about winning. And if you're not about winning, I have no time for you. And... The fact that if you can go into a game and go, man, we have the ultimate competitor on our side is is such a coup, I think, for, for a lot of teams. No, that's you're 100% correct on yeah. that. I, I think that is in addition to... It's hard to measure really, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that in addition to having a really good team. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Brady kind of... He was smart. Yeah, Brady just puts them over the top yep. and everything, and that's mm-hmm. why they're there. Yep. But, like, I was also like... This team is seven and nine with a guy who threw thirty interceptions. Yeah, thirty Even interceptions. If he threw ten interceptions like Brady right. did this year, right. yeah, they're, they're probably, probably like nine and seven, yeah, yeah, ten and six, six and probably going to the playoffs and you know having a run or whatever. Yeah. But like Brady does put him over the top and gives him that competitive edge. Mm-hmm. But like there's also the flip point of he also left a New England team that has you can't even name a receiver on that no, team to so now having like four All Pro receivers on right. his team. Yeah. Like that also helps. Yeah, and I think too. and I think too to Brady's credit. He was smart, and I think that he is one of the few guys like that went, and I think Peyton did this a little bit as well when he went to Denver, where he said, listen, I'm not the player that I used to be. Now, Peyton, obviously, his first year in Denver, he threw 50 touchdowns. It was amazing. But point is, is that he went to a team, they both have, you know, when they switched teams, and went, listen, I'm not the player I used to be. I'm 40. I can't carry this team like I was 35 and throwing 40 touchdowns, and it was like a guaranteed lock I was going to do so, no matter if I was thrown to the garbage man. Like... I think he was very, you know, like, listen, I need help. And that's the biggest reason, I think, why he left New England. Take the Bill Belichick thing out of it where he's like, listen, you have nobody here. Like, what, Julian Edelman? That's great. He's great. But, like, he's also in his mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Speed dies at some point. I got no run game. I got no receivers. My offensive line is old. And you're not willing to invest in the team to do it. So what do you want me to do? So, you know, I think that Tampa went, listen, we just got to – if we just – put him in a position to win, he's going to win for us. Like, that's all. We just got to get out of his way at this point. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think it was smart on both sides, and it was a strategic point for them to go, listen, 
this is what I need. I think it's the same reason why he wanted to go to San Francisco. San Francisco's got good weapons, not great weapons, but good weapons. They run the ball extremely well, and that defense, prior to the injuries, was stacked, and you're in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. You know? I think, I mean, like I said, he, Tom Brady could have went to probably six or seven teams right. that had that exact same situation, right. and they were just a quarterback. He could have gone to, like, Las Vegas, the yeah. Raiders. He could have went to the Rams. He could have went to the Rams. Yeah. He could have went to... You could just keep yeah. naming teams like the Steelers. Like yep. there are so many teams where you go, you just plop Tom Brady in there. They probably went to Super Bowl. You could went to Cleveland. You went to Cleveland. Cleveland won Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, Cleveland probably won Super Bowl. Freaking, they have a great roster. Right yeah, now. exactly. So like he, all you had to do was just pop it into yep. a team with a good roster, and you go win a Super Bowl with him. So right. Um, the Tampa Bay kind of just like mm-hmm. got really. I wouldn't say lucky is not the word, but like. They're they, fortunate. They a, they're yeah, fortunate. They're very it, fortunate. It was a perfect storm. They had a good head coach that has a guy that has that is respected yeah. around the league that goes, listen, I've won everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I took the Arizona Cardinals to being a top seed in the NFC, right? Like I made Ben Roethlisberger what like he's done a lot of yeah. things, you know. Um so the fact that he went there and then basically Brady had clout was basically listen, I want Gronk. All right, we'll trade a late round pick. We need to sign Antonio Brown. Are you sure? Yes, he's not crazy anymore. And he wasn't. He shut his mouth. You're right, and yeah. he and he showed up when he needed to. So, big hats off to Brady. I'm very interested to see. Last question on the on the Chiefs, though. We talked about this off air, but do you think that this is going to become the blueprint now to stopping Kansas City? I, I, I mean, certain teams like the Lions have no way of stopping Kansas City. They don't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball at the moment mm-hmm. to do that. But like certain teams, like the Rams, like Tampa, like uh, Pittsburgh, um, you know, uh, the Chargers are another one, right? You know. Uh, that teams that have good solid defensive ends, they have okay, and they maybe have a star in the back end, and they have above average linebacker play with above average athletes in the middle of the defense. Are is this what the is this what's going to need to happen in order to stop Kansas City from dominating again? Because they're going to come out like a bat out of hell. Oh, yeah. But I'm just interested to see if they have that that Rams thing where it's like okay, they're really good for one year, they come back, they lose the Super Bowl, New England, now everyone goes. That's what they did. So yeah. we got to try to figure that how to do that. Yeah, no, I think this is literally the blueprint that everyone is going to use. Yep. People tried, the Raiders had like half of this blueprint, yep. and it just kind of goes away because Kansas City runs the ball so efficiently. Right. That's like, all right, now you got to run, so you drop mm-hmm. a safety down, and then they. Right. Pass now you're running cover one, and you're like, well, he's got to cover Tyree Kill, so then Travis Kelsey is wide open down yeah, the Yeah, exactly. So, right. like, um,. I think that this will be the foolproof plan mm-hmm. for every good team, like you mentioned, that has the right pieces. Yeah. There, there's inevitably, it's going to be like what the Patriots have done for the last 20 years, yeah. where they're going to beat down on like their own division because mm-hmm. they're bad teams, or they're going to beat down just the bad teams. Right. And the teams that can competitively have the talent to run a scheme that can stop them yeah. are the only teams that have a chance at it. Right. So like, I would name like a handful of like six teams mm-hmm. that could probably yeah. go up against them and right. do this strategy and have a chance to beat them but Kansas City is not going to go 16-0 and next year no like you're, no. you're going to go 11-5 12-4 yep. be like a number one or two seed right. and then they're going to match up with like the Steelers and it's going to go okay they're going to run this defense right how do, we, how do we how do we change are you going to change or not what, what one last question for Ed Mahomes I just thought about this as we were as we were talking um <clears throat> we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago when uh we were talking about some of the quarterbacks like Kyler Murray getting DeAndre Hopkins right and it's in 
you know, we talked about it a lot when Stafford and Calvin were together, and, and with a young quarterback having a true number one target, right? And it kind of almost hinders a little bit of growth at times because you're so reliant upon that number one target. Like Kyler Murray at the end of that season was like, I'm only looking DeAndre Hopkins' way, right? Like you, there were times where Stafford's like, it's third and eight. There's only one place this ball's going. I don't care how many people are over there. It's going to Calvin Johnson, yeah. right? But as we've seen here in Detroit, Stafford grew and was like, no, no, I, I have, I can, I can look the whole field, right? Do you think that Mahomes, Mahomes' growth, and that's hard to say because he's been so dominant, is a bit affected by the fact that Tyreek Hill was so shut down in this game? Like, I get it, he's got Travis Kelsey, I get he's got some of these other weapons, but he's Tyreek is his number one guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, when he was double covered and he was unable to, to make some of these plays, do you think that that's like Mahomes' safety blanket where it's like, okay, I don't have I don't have the ability to read the defense yet, mm-hmm. or I haven't had to yet to make a better read because Tyreek wasn't wide-ass open. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do think it affects him somewhat. I think yeah. they have so many weapons that right. For it, sure. it, it doesn't affect him as much as mm-hmm. guys like Stafford or Kyler Murray or yeah. even... Well, you can name a guy. Name, yeah, name, name a quarterback, yeah, name really. Anyone. I mean, it's anybody, yeah. really. You know, Brady with Gronk for a long time. You're like, all right, ball going Gronk. Like, you, you yeah. knew that going in. But, like, I was just asking because it's interesting to see the, the dynamic between the two because when you have a guy that you rely upon so much, right, it's it's one of those things to where maybe he hasn't been tested yet or it has had to be like, all right, he's covered. All right, Kelsey's kind of – he's open, but he's like, all right, that's three yards. It's, it's third and nine. And I don't know where to go with the football yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As well as, oh, by the way, I also don't have 45 minutes to stand back there. Yeah. You know? I just wondered if that kind of played into a little bit. And if that's something that, for as great as Patrick Mahomes is, if that's something that he needs to work on, as you know what I mean, as to, as to really being able to see the field and go, listen, all right, I get it. They're going to take away Tyreek. And they've done a good job of taking away Tyreek. What's my next option yeah, outside of scrambling? I, I think, I mean, that is the next level of development that he needs to eventually get to. Yeah. Because like we talked about just five seconds ago, yeah. where teams are going to be, all right, double Tyreek. Mm-hmm. If you have a good linebacker, one-on-one Travis Kelsey. Yeah. and Everybody else everyone is going to play, play, playing zone, basically. Yeah, basically playing yeah. zone against everyone right. else. But once Patrick Mahomes can break through that mold mm-hmm. and start hitting the other guys in those zones, right. then it's like, ah, oh, now we have to yeah. switch again. Yeah, and, shit. Yeah, and exactly. that's, but I think this... Upcoming year, I think you're at least early in the year. If yeah. the schedule's hard, even, mm-hmm. um, I think you're gonna see a lot of him struggling because he's not. He's gonna try to push Tyreek, yeah. and then through the season, he's gonna go. All right, Tyreek's just not gonna be open anymore. Right. Let's try to find somebody else, mm-hmm. and then I think you're gonna see the development through the year. Right, exactly. Because I think you have guys that you can get the ball to. It's just yes. a matter of actually, you know, getting it done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. And he's the he's talent. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league. That there's still no taking that out of that. But like. There is a little bit to be said. He is only in his third year. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part that I think people need to realize a little bit as well. So just just thought I'd ask you about that. Just you know, because we've seen it so often. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's shift our focus now from football to uh, basketball here. Uh, Pistons trade away D Rose. Unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know. Who cares? But <laughs> he's going to the Knicks, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, reading the reports that. He wanted to go to a team that you know he he knows he doesn't have a lot of time left career wise right he's in his he's in his thirties, you know and I'm like but you wanted to go to the Knicks I'm like that doesn't make a ton of sense they're like nine and something and the Pistons are like seven and something so either way they're not they're, neither neither team is very good but regardless, um they they get Dennis Smith Jr. former first round pick from Dallas who got shipped off to the Knicks now he's here you know and then a second round pick I believe is what the compensation was so I actually kind of like the fact that they got a young point guard guy like. High ceiling. Mm-hmm. He's got a really low floor, but a high ceiling. See what the hell happens, right? 
Um, thoughts on the trade first off? Do you think they could have gotten more if they would have waited just a little bit longer, or this was kind of maxed out because he hasn't played particularly well this yeah. season either. I mean, I think you could have got a little more for him. That's that was kind of my thing. Was I was yeah. like, I kind of wanted a little more for him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like if you're gonna trade him and you're only gonna get a second round pick, they no did right by him too. They were like, he want you know Tom Thibodeau's there. He was there with him in Chicago. Yeah. It's kind of it was also probably like, hey, where do you want to go? Are you okay yeah. going to the Knicks? Okay, then we'll yeah, right. Go He's there. like, listen, I want to go to a team that has a potential to make the playoffs. I don't even know if the Knicks will make the playoffs. That's I think the thing. They will. Yeah, I, but a little scary, but. Um, you know, so I, you know, it was fine, you know, whatever, like that's not the big news. I do want to talk about the, you know, the Pistons as a whole, you know, because I've been, I've been actually taking like a keen interest the last couple weeks in watching them as hard as it is, as it is, because it's hard to watch some of these games because wow. But at the same time, I have been extremely encouraged by some of these young guys that have been playing though, right? Like Shadiq Bay coming out like a bat out of hell the last week or so. Uh, especially from the three-point game. I'm loving what Isaiah Stewart's bringing to the team. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant has been on fire. He, he should be an all-star. I mean, he's averaging 25 points a game. Give me just your thoughts on, on where this Pistons team is at. I love the fact they're playing as many young guys as they are. I like the fact that Dwayne Casey basically had three, you know, they had Isaiah Stewart, um, I think they had DeLon Wright, Jeremy Grant, um, Shadik Bay, and then name a point, you know, name another guard or whatever like that out there, and like with four minutes left against the Nets a couple nights ago, and like to close out the game. Yeah. You're like, all right, this is cool because you're getting these young guys in crunch time situations to to kind of figure out if you can close games or not. Just give me your thoughts on where they're at because I I'm liking the development of some of these young guys. The talent's not there yeah. across the board for the team. But it's hard not to be like a little bit encouraged by the fact that these guys are getting as much playing time as they are. Yeah, this is also why I kind of want to see Blake Griffin leave. Um, right yeah, I know. The, the problem is line. he's playing awful. Like he's been so bad. I know it's real unfortunate. We should yeah. have if we got rid of him last year. Yeah, I wish. But, I, yeah, like after that playoff run when he played really well. Yeah. Like if he wasn't hurt, it would be like oh, it's the perfect time to ship him off to the Clippers or the Nets or something yeah, like so that. Let them deal with that shit. Yeah, yeah. no, because which he, is unfortunate. Yeah, because yeah. it's like rough to watch. Yeah, and I also think that if you shipped him out, you would be able to either start Seku or Isaiah Stewart mm-hmm. full-time and get them full-time minutes, mm-hmm. which would be really awesome to have. Yeah. But outside of that, I think everyone else, I think Shadiq Bey has the very potential in like two years to be a really, really good yeah. shooting guard, small forward. I don't know what he plays. Yeah, I think, he's technically, I think he's technically a small forward. I think he can go into actually a stretch four, but like yeah. that's, I think when you're going small ball. Yeah. But I think that small forward, like he's he's gonna be he's a three and D guy. That's yeah. what he is. He's three and D. Yeah, and I like what he does. I think Isaiah Stewart, even though he's a little small, I think he's gonna be a great dude. He's four oh my center. gosh, like, he's fantastic just, on the he's, boards. He's kind of like see, I don't want to sound insulting because I know you're gonna take this as an insult. Okay. He kind of reminds me of like Draymond Green, like yeah. twenty. 13, yeah. 14 Draymond I'll take Green, that. Where, like, he's just, he's a little undersized, but when you go small ball, when yeah. you do their death lineup, physical. he's just small, physical, and will get rebounds for you. I feel like that's why Isaiah Stewart's doing right now, mm-hmm. is he just Listen, goes up gets As long forced. as he's not taking stupid threes like Draymond does, I'm cool. And I'm he, cool and, with that. As and as he can. And, and he, he can, can shoot, shoot three. three so yeah. it's actually not as bad. Um, unfortunately, Killian Haynes is hurt, but I want to see more from him. I know. That's that's the one, that's my one asking. Like, man, I just wish we could see the point guard. With the rest of this kind yeah, of rolling, see how it's rolling. Yeah, but outside of that, everything else I think is fine. I yeah. think they they're not a, good. Let's be clear, they're not a good basketball team. Yeah, but, but they they put the Celtics up the other day. Yep, the Celtics. They, they beat had, the Lakers. They, they put the Lakers. took the Lakers to double OT the next game. Yep. Or LeBron was like, all right, enough of this crap, and then he put it over <laughs> at the end there, which all Pistons fans are like feel like I've seen this show so before. Yeah. <laughs> 
Literally. But they beat Brooklyn. I know Kevin Durant wasn't there, but they beat Brooklyn, right, with Kyrie and James Harden, right? Which, by the way, um, if anybody thinks that Brooklyn has a legit chance to beat the Lakers right now, not right now. Like, I'm going to – we'll put that on record. We'll talk more about that as the season progresses, but – Get out of town. Because it's Kevin Durant's show, and Kyrie Irving is garbage. Just throwing that out there right now. Um, but point is, they beat a Brooklyn Nets team that they shouldn't have beaten, let's yeah. be honest. Um, you know, they're, they're playing good basketball right now. And the thing I'm in, the most encouraged by, outside of the rotations and stuff like that, is the fact that I, I do feel like the Pistons, in some of these losses that they've had, it's been basically on them to lose it for themselves, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm I'm happy that they're learning how to win. I yeah. guess you know what I mean. Like I get it. They're like seven and sixteen or something, whatever the record is right now. But it's encouraging to say that hey, listen, they're in these games at the end. Like they're they're a bucket. They're a run away. You know, because it feels like I watch a lot of these games where it's like, all right, Jeremy Grant's got twenty seven, but man, those last two quarter or those last two minutes, it feels like we can't make a bucket. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And I think that's the next step for him, particularly to be the number one primary option, is to to get those minutes. But like. The fact that we're able to see them at times where like their offensive efficiency is really good and these young guys are making contributions, and that the fact that they're in these games at the end, we're not getting run off the court. I don't see a, all right, we're down by 40 kind of games, right? They're playing hard. They're playing a little reckless because they're like, what, what the hell do you have to lose kind of thing, and I'm really digging it. I'm really, really excited for the – if Killian Hayes can come back – and be a true facilitator, right? And the jump shot kind of comes back to form where, where it was last year where he was playing. There's a lot to be really excited about for this yes. business team. So it's just wanted to do a quick check in there. Um, you know, that Jeremy Grant sign is looking hella smart by Troy Weaver, by the way. He's just, and honestly, I'm going to give him a little credit. Mason Plumley's playing pretty damn well, too. Like, I was very much like, I don't get that signing at all, but he's playing pretty damn good basketball for what he's being asked to do. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to be mad about it. Um, all right, let's shift now to college here. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. The first real like rankings for you know March Madness are coming out. We're right around the corner for March Madness. It's crazy to think about. Um, you know, Michigan as of right now is penciled in as a potential one seed right now. Uh, Michigan State is currently off the board <laughs> altogether. Um, let's start by talking about Michigan State though, right? Because Every year, it seems like we have the same conversation. They schedule hard games at the beginning. They usually don't win those games, but they're close. They start out as a high-ranking seed. They kind of go through a bit of a lull, and then by the time February, March comes around, we got to see what Michigan State basketball is about and what Tom Izzo does. We are not seeing that at all. They're 10-8. and eight. They just got absolutely obliterated by a great Iowa team. I really like Iowa, but, like, damn, 30 points is rough. They can't shoot. They have, they have offensively, their flow is disgusting. There is none. Um, and it looks like Izzo's kind of just throwing his hands up and going, I don't know what to do. And I know these on and off layoffs with COVID and stuff is not helping and having people out and everything. But A, does Michigan State make the tourney? That's number one. And number two, um, like, what the hell happened? Like, what's going on, I guess, is my question. Because, like, they were a top five team to start the year, weren't they? Were they uh, top five team? They were like top, top 10? ten. Probably, okay. I think, Regardless, like this team is bad. They're ten and eight. Like they're they're a fringe, not making like they. I think Izzo's had twenty five straight seasons of above five hundred record, which mm-hmm. I guess is impressive. I guess I mean it's like you're whatever, but they're like on the fringe right now of not keeping that streak alive, which is scary. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll sneak in somehow to the playoff. Yeah, I, or the attorney. The attorney. Yeah. yeah, I don't see them not yeah but at the same time it, it does look very rough and i think the point that you mentioned of they take a little lull and then get back on their feet at yeah. the end i think because of covid 
it's you kind of, it's you, hard to get that yeah, rhythm back. You, you right? miss that time of the the lull period to go back. You're yep. just now in the lull period at the end of the season instead mm-hmm. of in the middle of the season. Right. And I think that when you enter the tournament as a 11 or 12 seed that you're probably going to be or something because of how mm-hmm. good the Big Ten is. And the second round, you're looking at Minnesota. And then the third round, you're looking at possibly Iowa and mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Illinois yeah. or something. In the something. Big Ten tournament. In the Big talking. Ten tournament, yeah. yeah. yeah just not just the classified, tournament. right? Like, there's yeah. no way they play all Big Ten teams in the <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. No, just in, in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. And you go, you probably have to get to at least the third or maybe even the semifinals to make the strong case to mm-hmm. get in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to play all of these teams to get to that point. Yeah. You're going to have to get super, super – you're going to have to get Michigan wearing their backup unis yeah. hot. Yeah, off a plane crash. Off a plane crash to be able to get to that point so right um i'm gonna say they make it they slot if they do make it i think it's gonna be like a 11 seed yeah and probably i'll get upset or not i guess it would be an upset they're gonna lose to like whatever the five seed is in that yeah. spot um but yeah to turn this thing around they just need that one guy yeah and they don't have and that they guy don't have that one guy all. right now no but there's they need that one guy to just emerge and go i'm here yeah they don't have cat they are missing cassius, cassius winston, winston in the worst way because he made the world go round there yeah. to his credit but like it's it's hard to like you know it, they don't have the denzel valentines of the world right yeah. now where it's like hey listen we need a bucket right now we need to go to here yes. they do not have that right now it was clear and evident the three-point ball is not there they shot an abysmal from from range yesterday i think they shot like 37 mm-hmm. percent from the field as a whole which is not good i think iowa shot the lights out of like 60 something so yeah. that doesn't help either but you know this is very an uncharacteristic tom Izzo looking team right it now is. and i you know and I, it's one of those things where you like I'm still waiting for it, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, where is the Izzo magic going to come in? And we're just not seeing it for one reason or another. And I think COVID has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, all right, let's shift for, let's shift now to uh, Michigan, though. They're you know they're trying to plan on being number one seed in the big tourney, not just the the you know the Big Ten tourney, but the big one. Um, you know they got a big game against Wisconsin as it's recording. It hasn't happened yet, so we don't know the results of that. Uh, they've been off for a while. They're what seventeen and one as of this moment. Thirteen and one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I don't know why I said seventeen. Um, you know their only loss against coming against Minnesota, right yes. at Minnesota. Um, but they look they look really good. I'm anticipating some more losses coming here sooner rather than later, just because of the three week layoff. Now if they come out and you know they they win three straight more games in a row. You're like, all right, damn, like we yeah. have a, we have a legitimate chance here at doing mm-hmm. something special. Um, where are you at with Michigan basketball right now? Because you know it's hard to, it's hard to say you know because they've looked really good all year. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for now the op- the opposite of that uh, is Michigan State. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. We're like, okay, that's Michigan State basketball. I'm kind of waiting for the Michigan side to be like, all right, you're good, but you're like you're not number one seed good. Like Gonzaga, those kind of teams are like, damn. I don't know if Michigan State or Michigan is like, damn. You really? know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, it's I, hard because they, like they go through stretches where you go. Dude, this team is unstoppable. And then they'll go through four minutes at the end of the game where I go, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're they're just a little too inconsistent for my liking because, you know, I like sure things. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I think I think Michigan this year is having a problem that they've never recently had. Yeah. Because I think they have multiple people yeah. who they who they try to rely on to take mm-hmm. the last shot in a yeah. game. It's like who and, do you go with? And, and then it's on Juwan Howard to be like, this is the play. Yeah, like, and they don't right. know they don't know who yeah. in the right moment. Like they have I think it's what? gonna be. Li- I think Livers has got to be the guy because yeah. he's been there. But you're absolutely. But right, I think though. you're right because I think you have Hunter Dickinson, who mm-hmm. when he's playing well, he's on. He's unstoppable. Right. right. You have uh, Frank Wagner, the yeah. shooting guard, yeah. who can shoot lights out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have like those three guys. It's like 
so which one of these three is going to take this last shot? Right. I think that's the problem that they run into yep. is it should probably should be Livers. Right. But, like, you also have Wagner, who's a light-out shooter, and Dickinson, right. who's a great center. So it's dominating like, in the midside. So right. I'm like, I'm like, so which one do you go to? Mm-hmm. I think that's their problem where before, like, even last year, we were like, they don't have that guy yeah. to go, you need to take Livers this was the guy uh, becoming that guy, but you're like, he was hurt and everything else. You're yeah. like, all right, so we don't have any real Yeah, and this year here. you have like one too many guys where you're like, yeah. are you hot today? Or I, I you, think you're it's, both yeah. shooting well? So I think they're be much it? better off. You know, I think the big thing, I think the, their number one issue, honestly, is at point guard. That, I think, is their weakest spot for me personally. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know... Um, I just don't see like the the depth isn't really there for me and it like to get the offense flowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like one of Michigan's biggest issues is like as soon as they get the ball, it's like that first entry pass into like getting into a set. I go, this feels like ten percent of the time it's a steal or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I go, what the what the hell is going on here? Where, you know? So I'm interested to see their their tournament approach because yeah. you know these last couple games they got Ohio State, they've got they have Iowa too. I can yeah, they have Iowa, Iowa, Wisconsin, they play Michigan State. Like these are all big games and really yeah. no matter what Michigan. State is that's a big game so it's like we're really going to see what they are I just don't want to go in and be like a number one seed one's like oh Michigan's got a real good chance final four here we come it's like okay like yeah. are we are we sure and I don't know if the big 10 tourney is going to help kind of no settle any of that I, I actually don't think Michigan wins the big 10 tourney. I don't think so either I think enough. they're going to lose to like Iowa in the yeah. semis or something yeah I just think that's how it and then they'll end up being like a four seed probably mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. but to the point about the point guard I I, I half agree with that yeah. because I always think Michigan has the same point guard <laughs> forever. archetype yeah, forever. Exactly. And it's a pass first. Yeah. Can't really shoot, shoot unless, nope. like, absolutely needed to <laughs> shoot. And it's just, like, weird how, like, all other, like, real, like Gonzaga has, like, uh-huh. just five pure shooters on the team. <laughs> I know. And, like, Michigan's the one team where, like, Mike yep. Smith is at the top of the key and everyone just backs up to the to yep. like to underneath the basket yep. and it's like please shoot yeah because you never like, and do like, I shoot and Jawan's like no yeah no but then like one game you go like four for four from yeah, three, three and, you, and, and like, you go and then the offense really picks up because then you're like oh damn now like, he can here shoot. we go but yeah. then when he's off and it's like all right so now we don't have to guard somebody yeah and so that's it's just a little inconsistent at that spot for me yeah. but other than that I think the team defensively I love really what well. they do yeah. I love defensively what they do they dominate both front back court doesn't matter they yeah. you know and I think that is a Jawan Howard staple that we're going to see for a long time as long yeah. as he's here is like he I don't think he deals well he's like I will win a game 35 to 25 yes. if I have to I'd rather win it that way than win it 85 to 60 or something yeah. like that like I think he would very much rather to yeah. to be down and dirty and just beat people yeah, up a little bit. I agree. Bit, I think it's I'm only going to get better because his recruiting class, like, oh my next God, year. Dude, it's like, he's, it's he has like, the two highest recruits Michigan's ever gotten. I think they're the forwards. second best or the best recruiting class for 2021. Yeah, I think it's second best yeah. next to, like, Duke, Duke, or Duke or something. Garbage but, like that, yeah. But, yeah, like, you're bringing in two great forwards, too, where you're just going to have – you can line up with all big guys with – who are long and well, think about they lost line. they lost Isaiah Todd this year too because mm-hmm. he was going to come here and he just went and played pro ball yeah. overseas. So you're like, damn, like it's yeah, it's it's very it's exciting, yeah, it's very very wild, exciting yeah. for for Michigan basketball. It's fans. nice that we're going to have one with really really good Michigan sports. Yeah, no kidding, right? sport thing. Yeah, whether like right because right right now right you look at the wings right and sorry wings fans, there's not a lot to talk about right now right yeah. like it's just not like you're not we're not seeing those breakout guys like Jeremy Grant is somebody to talk about because he's playing really well and he's yeah. he's getting national recognition. Be like, dude, this guy's a stu- like a premier scorer in this league. Um, 
we don't have that for the wings right now. The Tigers, all right, they can sign as many one-year deals as possible until you know we start seeing Torkelson and these guys come up to the ranks. I don't really care. Yeah. So it's hard to, to you know to get excited. The Lions are going to go through this rebuild now. When it comes to draft time, and that's coming pretty quickly here, less than seventy-five days. I think it's seventy-four of today. Um, you know, when we start getting down the draft talk, that's going to be exciting. But once again, it's it's all about hypotheticals, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about concrete. We're seeing the evidence right there in yeah. front. So a little bit harder to talk about some of these other Detroit sports teams. All right, let's shift our focus now to the squared circle and the show on a high note, question mark? <laughs> well, we're going to hope it's a high note. <laughs> yeah, let's hope the, the show doesn't yeah. suck. Next week we're going to be talk, or we're gonna be reviewing the NXT Vengeance Day pay-per-view. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That'll be definitely coming next week. We didn't cover it because we didn't know the full card. And I'll be honest with you, I forgot. So it just kind of is what it is. Mike reminded me about Elimination Chamber. So let's go through that card. Mike um yeah it's gonna be a show that's for sure you know I used to actually look forward to this pay-per-view because there were times where like you saw like you know 70809 where you're like oh this is like a pretty stacked like chamber match you know or all right you got like Triple H the Undertaker in the same match and you're like damn that's this is gonna be good you know you got Jericho and Taker and Cena and Ed like the big big stars you know not like you know, MVP and The Miz and, you know, that kind of garbage. So here we are. Um, but, you know, that's, like, that's how many stars WWE But I know, it's like, just like, oh, jeez Louise. Yeah, you know, now you got Impact and New Japan and AEW all working together together. Yeah, you imagine like, if they had, like, a chamber match? Like, oh, you'd have, geez. like, yeah, the greatest be, six Yeah, that would be insane. All right, let's go through the card here. Let's give our predictions. And let, I want you to give me a prediction for overall, gra- overall grade of the show. See, I'm gonna throw that at you as well. Right. Put you on the spot. All right. Mike's um, gonna be like solid D. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Can I say F minus? And then that way, anything above that, like oh, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. Um. So our opening match will be there's o- some potential. Yeah. Oscar will defend against Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Title. Uh, I think Oscar wins. Yeah. I. You know, I want to say unless Oscar, yeah, Lacey Evans wins randomly, and right. then her and Charlotte do something. That's that's what I was thinking. Cause like Flair's in it now, and I'm like they somehow somehow roundabout way get Charlotte back in the title picture. And you go, how the hell did this happen? I could see it only with the fact that like Charlotte accidentally costs Oscar the match or something. Like she goes out to confront her dad. Blah blah blah. Shenanigans happen, and then she loses it. Um, her reign as Raw Women's Champion has not been great just because she hasn't defended the damn thing. She's won the tag titles more than she's done anything else. Um, I'm going to say Asuka wins, but I'm like 51% Asuka wins because I do think there's a high chance Lacey Evans somehow wins this match. I'm at 52% Asuka. There you go. Just so you know. Yeah, okay. Um, which is sad, but which is fine. weird. Okay, so this whole card is all raw stuff, I guess, outside of one thing. So that's fine. yeah, I know it's weird. I like, don't, they have no I, SmackDown stuff announced, but yeah. it's fine. Um, we <laughs> have fine. we have Bobby Lashley <laughs> defending the U.S. title against Keith Lee and Riddle, and I like I don't think US, I've ever yeah I don't think I've ever been more like concrete that Bobby Lashley's gonna win this. Yeah, well, he just went out and basically life. obliterated both of them on Raw this past week yeah. too, which I was like, oh, that's good. Let's build two more stars. Nah, never mind. Um, yeah, I actually think though this is a sleeper match though. I think that this has potential to be really, really good. Um, you know, Keith Lee, for as boring as he is, I think he's still a pretty fun to watch. Riddle is a complete joke at this point, but he's, once again, still fun to watch. Lashley doing this whole dominant thing. This is the way he should have been booked from the get go. Um, I think it's even lending more credence to the fact that he may be getting a world title shot at Mania, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you were spot on with that just based off the fact that they are booking him so strong. I mean, nobody has looked better than Bobby Lashley on Raw right yeah. now. Like, no, I mean, he is going through and obliterating yeah. people. I just don't know 
if that does happen when he loses it, yeah, that's my. Uh, maybe he like, goes into Mania with the title. Yeah, I don't maybe. know, which is bad. I don't want du- that. He comes be. out dual champ. Oh, I don't think he wins, but I also don't think that they should be. They need to get the U.S. title off him, and this is a perfect way to do it, yes. honestly, because okay, Keith Lee, you know, gets pinned by Riddle in a roll up, you know, and Lashley loses his mind and then obliterates both of them. Right, he loses mm-hmm. the title, then he goes on and challenges or whatever. I, I don't know. It's so I'm gonna take Lashley though, just by the way they're booking him. I just don't see how he. You know, this is the way to do it, though, if you're going to do it. Yeah, I'll take Lashley, too, but after listening to that, like, maybe Riddle could win off a roll. Right, or or Keith Lee does or something like that. There's always shenanigans that can happen in a triple threat. Yeah. All right, so we have the first Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title. Uh, So we have The Miz, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and McIntyre defending. Um, I mean, they tried to load it as much as they could, to their credit. I mean, I mean I think obviously are... taking The Miz out and putting in Lashley would probably have been my only change. Probably. You know Every, I mean? Everyone else I can't really argue with, I guess. Yeah. On the Raw side, at least. So, no. Um, I will take McIntyre to retain. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't see anybody Unless that... AJ? Or Orton wins, and the Edge challenges Orton. Yeah, I don't. I still think they've got that pretty much penciled in, that it's Edge and Reigns. I know, it's and so it's, sad. it's going to be fine, but um, I know. I know I'm with you, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I think that I think McIntyre retains here. Um, if I were them, honestly, what I would do is I'd put McIntyre in first and have him go through all the way yeah. through just to book him as strong as humanly possible going into Mania. That way, no matter who is challenging, you're like, okay, this is a legit thing. Um, I don't know why they didn't go him just versus Sheamus and then have the Elimination Chamber decide who's going to get it. Maybe that's why. If, if Lashley's the guy, then they need to get the U.S. title off him. Maybe this is why. Okay, we get to Fastlane, Lashley wins, number one contendership, and we're rolling, I guess. They could also do, and this is like me, like super speculation booking here. I'm trying to make this card seem more interesting than it's probably going to be. Say Lashley loses in the opening match, right, for the U.S. title. And then attacks the Miz or attacks Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's a perfect one, right, because he's the face. Attacks Jeff Hardy. He's in the chamber. He's all pissed off, and he runs through the gauntlet, right? And maybe he doesn't win, but we have that Kofi kind of moment where it's him and McIntyre, and he almost gets it. And then Lashley wins a number one contendership after the fact. I could see something like that happening. Um, You know, Edge attacking Kofi, winning the world title kind of thing. Um, that's like so like mm-hmm. futuristic, Future, like yeah. you know, guest booking. But like, I could see something like that happen. They need something to spark the raw side because raw sucks. Raw sucks. Uh, Raw's rough. <laughs> Raw's, Raw is really bad. Like the three, and it's three hours. Yeah. It, like there's no, I can't sit through it, and I'm yeah. a pretty big fan. I can't. It's like what's on the show tonight? Da, 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 da. Nothing important. Yeah. Cool. And then on the SmackDown side, so we have. Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbett, and Sami Zayn in an Elimination Chamber match, and then the winner gets a Universal title match later in the night. Yes, yeah, so that's going to open the show. So this is guess. probably going to yeah. open unless yeah. I would not. I would not be shot in the slightest if this ends the show and Reigns just comes up beat the shit out of someone and it wins because that's Reigns thing I wish we were recording this show for YouTube because your face was like it was like you were probably right but it was also the amount of annoyance that you just had in your face and you're just like I'm not even putting it past them no, I, it's gonna be like Batista yeah. Edge type oh, thing where Chief, like, Batista just comes out like by the way he gets a world title shot and you go why well because I I like him and then yeah. he beats Cena just to set up the match at Mania and you go this is the dumbest yeah. thing ever but like Reigns is just gonna come out right at literally yeah. the guy the chamber comes up he's like dead, dead bleeding yeah. everywhere and yeah. Rance goes okay one spear one superman punch whatever and yeah. ends it so i guess the only thing that really matters is who's gonna win the chamber yeah. and i am deathly afraid 
that Daniel Bryan's going to win this chamber and just get his ass kicked by Reigns. Honestly, here's what I, my thought was, that I think Cesaro gets this win. And you know why I think Cesaro gets it is... I don't, I, you know, the, the way you just proposed, I didn't think of it that way, and I'm glad you brought it up because that's probably a highly possible, it, just to add the heat and the fuel. To, exactly. To, to, well, it's to he doesn't want to do a exactly, lot. Exactly, right. He's like, I'm, right I'm manipulating everybody, right? Yeah. It's my show, I'm the champion, I have the power, blah, 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 I get it. Um, but I hope they don't do that, and I do hope this opens the show and then we get that match for the main event because I think this is a perfect opportunity to have a guy like Cesaro break through as a main event level. Because, like, who are the guys again? You've got, okay, so you've got um, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Jay Uso, Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn. All right, so we know Bryan's already a main eventer. Uso's not winning because it doesn't make any sense. Owens has had 55 title shots. He's already there. Corbin's not, and Sami Zayn's probably going to be fighting for the Intercontinental Championship next weekend, so probably. So, with that being said, Cesaro, to me, is a perfect guy to get this win because all right it's not for a championship so you don't have to put the title on him he gets he's already beaten daniel bryan twice now on tv everybody else is believable that he can already beat so he gets this win in the chamber it's a monumental win for him from us from like a career perspective and then in the main event him and reigns have a 10 12 minute match where they tear the house down and it elevates cesaro to a point now where you go Oh, damn. Like, this guy is, like, he's a threat to the championship. Now, he's not going to go to Mania or anything like that, but to, to put another guy in the level where you go, okay, him, we've got Brian, we've got Shinsuke, we've got Kevin Owens, we've got a list of guys now that Reigns is going to have to go through. Not to mention guys like Seth Rollins and whatever that are still on SmackDown that are all main event level guys that are up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that, for me, I'm going to say Cesaro gets it based off just the hope that that elevates him and we create a new star. Yeah that way see i would agree with that soliloquy yeah a hundred percent yeah but then i have to go oh but Wait, we're, we're talking we're, about wwe here i know i know and and i'm trying not to be that guy because that like that this is a perfect opportunity for this because this there's nothing bad okay daniel bryan enters the first thing cesaro enters later on they have a great little thing and then you know cesaro beats him right yeah. you know it's a respect thing two baby face everyone's happy and, yeah. and brian can even go to fast lane and get a shot or whatever that's fine but like I think that because fast lane is a thing, you give Cesaro an opportunity to go, man, like, listen, I was this close. I was yeah. this close. My, you know? my thing is... And that's a statement win. Yeah, it's a C- statement Cesaro win. beat Brian twice, so I think that they're going to be the last two in the chamber, and Brian's yeah, going to get the win back. I know. And then, because then they're going to go, oh, we got Brian and Reigns right now, because we're yeah. not going to get that at Mania. Right. And so you're going to do it, and it's going to be, literally, like I said, it's going to be the main event, and right. then Reigns going to walk out, beat Brian in three minutes, and everyone's going to go... Right, exactly. That, that was our and you know what they're going to do, too, is that if that happens like that, where this ends the show yeah. like that, because I think that if you're going to do it that way, it should be the last match, right? Like, it should be Chamber and then right to Reigns yeah, that ends the show. Yeah, yeah. And then what will happen is, all right, he spears the crap out of, or- or out of Brian, and then Edge comes out and says, it's you. Yeah, it's, it's you. A, and that you go off the air with that face-off. Yeah. I really don't want that to happen. So it's I like, like it's. I mean, it's going to, but like, I would just think that to get a great, to really elevate some, I'm all about elevating new stars. They need new stars. They need new people. I mean, this this Rumble match was the oldest Rumble match they've ever had in history. The average age is like 30-something. Like, they got to start creating new stars. And now Cesaro's not a spring chicken, but he's never been in that main event level scene, and he's never been more over than right now. So I'm I'm all for that. But is that it? Is that all we have yep. on the show? All Man, five. good lord. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm a little surprised if Big E's not in this a little bit in like place of like the Miz or Jeff Hardy. He's the Intercontinental Champion. Maybe yeah. they have a match with him and Apollo Crews. Yeah, I'm assuming it's gonna be him and Apollo or him and <clears throat> Rollins or something. Yeah. So yeah, Get I just I'm interested something. to see that. But I just you know that's one thing to kind of take note of, I guess, because. 
He's been doing a pretty nice job. Is it? This is way better than his first run as IC champion by far. All right, that's going to be it, though, guys, for this week's show. Next week, obviously, we're going to be reviewing NXT Vengeance Day. Um, we'll probably be doing a check-in. You know, we may be doing... You want? When do we want to start... Uh, um, our uh, our NFL draft coverage. We want to wait a little bit till the new league year starts up. We maybe we, we usually do it right away. I know we may be doing. Let's do. Uh, we may be doing some free agency previews though as well because you know the cap may or may not be going down. March fourth, I think, is the start of the new league year, so we need to get prepped for that. Who maybe we do a, a little bit of a deep dive on the Lions roster and look at that hot garbage that uh, is. I remember to call Kyle that day when we talk about free agency. Oh, good. Yeah, he's like, listen, Jared Cook needs to be here. here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's going to be a great show as always. We appreciate support. Next week is going to be our first week in the new studio because I'm going to be officially moving. So hopefully we'll have the camera and stuff set up. Maybe I don't know. I might be a little bit lazy about it. Who knows? But either way, that's going to be it for this week's show. On behalf of the missing whale man, he's the Mark Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan. And we will see you guys, as always, next time.